0: The Lord be with you. you, A reading of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us and do not subject us to the final test. And he said to them, Suppose one has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for I have a friend of mine who has arrived at my house from a long journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from him, do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up and give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask and you shall receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For anyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish? Or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg? If you then are wicked know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: The Lord be with you. Welcome to all of you and especially to our seniors and grandparents today since it is the it's the second time we celebrate this feast day for remembering and thanking all of our seniors among us and especially our our grandparents so today make sure you give them a call if you haven't already or thought about it uh, to thank them for their many gifts. I wanted to focus just on the first reading really the reading about Sodom and Gomorrah. I figured it'd be a great time for some fire and brimstone homily today so I'm going to do my best. We'll see what what comes out the story of uh, in the book of Genesis Abraham last Sunday we read about these visitors. He received three divine beings who came to him to tell him that his wife would bear a son. So last week it it was sort of a happy message and this week as we continue the reading the three divine beings are leaving and on their way one of them who is the Lord kind of in passing almost thinking out loud just says I'm on my way to check out Sodom and Gomorrah to see if they're as evil as I hear and Abraham Realizes that the Lord is on his way and that the cities will be destroyed. Abraham immediately worries because he has family members there in Sodom and Gomorrah. His nephew Lot had settled there. We have this dialogue between God and Abraham. It's a a beautiful dialogue because it's Abraham going to talk to God which is another way of saying Abraham went to pray. And we see God's mercy revealed when Abraham says, if there's only 50 among the thousands there, will you save the, the whole, the, the cities? And God says, yes. And as Abraham lowers the number, what it's also doing is God's mercy is getting greater and greater. And, and it ends on this happy note where God says, if there's only 10, I will not destroy the city. Well, we we end there. And next week, we're not going to continue the reading. So I'm going to tell you how it ends. And it ends the way you probably imagine. Because we don't reference Sodom and Gomorrah for being holy, great places, right? They were evil cities. When God gets to Sodom and Gomorrah, there are not... 10 people to be found. And you might ask yourself, well, what about Lot and his family? And just because Lot is a relative of Abraham doesn't mean he's a good man. And and if you want to know all of the details, just go to Genesis chapter 19 around there and you can read about Lot and the things he was doing. He was not a good man. And so we could perhaps... uh, take two takeaways from this uh, story in Genesis one. I think looking at the life of lot can help us to understand what our Lord is telling us today. But there's also another link to this story in the gospel we read where Jesus teaches us to pray the our father and we have these two readings together and it's not apparent right away why the church puts Sodom and Gomorrah with the our father So let's look at this Gospel, this reading, morally. What does it mean for you and me today if we look at the life of Lot? We rewind in Genesis, Lot and Abraham were both patriarchs whose families were growing so large that they had to separate so that there would be land for all of their livestock and their family. And so Abraham, in a very generous way, tells Lot, You choose the land you want. If you say you want left, I'm going to go right. And Lot chooses the best for himself, which he was given the freedom to do. And it's not necessarily the bad thing to do in and of itself, but it reveals that Lot's heart certainly is focused more on himself than others. So Lot chooses the place around the Dead Sea area. It was very fertile and beautiful place. So Lot moves there and he dwells in Sodom near the city of Gomorrah. When the angels and the Lord arrive to Sodom, they meet Lot at the gates of the city. That means that he was one of the elders and leaders of the city. Lot wasn't just living there on the edge, you could say. He was fully a part of what was happening in that city. Then when you read about what Lot decides to do and the things he offers, it's clear he's just as bad as the rest of them. The story of Lot is of a man who little by little made peace with evilness around him. He chose that. It didn't happen overnight. But little by little, Lot's heart was corrupted. And what does that mean for us today? Well, as Christians, we are called to live in the world, but not to be fully immersed and attached to the world. For a Christian, we know that God so loved the world, he sent his son. The world that we live in is beautiful and it's good. And we're not supposed to just be separate from it or or not be a part of it that's not what it means to be a Christian but lot allowed himself to be surrounded by people who brought him down and pulled him away from God in our lives we need to be careful to make sure that the people we surround ourselves with and the places we choose to go are places that pull us up and closer to God A lot of our young people here are are shortly going to be packing their bags and heading off to college either for your second or third year or maybe you're a freshman and you're going to show up on campus and right away there's going to be other people your age that are going to welcome you into their little group. I invite you to have the courage today to not just be a part of whatever group is there but look for people who will pull you up and make you a better person I grew up in a military family so every other year we were uprooted and moved somewhere else in the world and so I was getting used to having to be the new kid all the time and what it meant to be the new kid was meant you always had to find a new group to be a part of and unfortunately the first group that might want you to be a part of their group isn't always the best group and it takes courage to be able to say no to people who are going to pull you down and if you ever want to know if a person is good for you to be with or not it's when you decide to do something good and they resist and get a little angry that you're going to do something different than what they're doing that's probably a sign to you that they're not someone pulling you higher so let's be careful to not be like lot making peace little by little with worldly evilness in a million different ways Now, that's what it means for us today, but what's the link to the Our Father and Jesus? Well, in the Old Testament, our Jewish brothers and sisters struggled with a lot of questions that had no answer. The Old Testament opens with Adam and Eve and the fall, and the Jewish people struggled with making sense of the world. Things didn't make sense because sometimes really good people that prayed all the time and went to the temple suffered horrible lives and evil men and evil women sometimes prospered. And the Jewish people, they knew they were the chosen people, but it seemed like every other century they were enslaved by some new worldly power, the Persians or the Assyrians and then the Romans, and so nothing made sense And they also had the sad reality to recognize that among them, there wasn't a single person who was just and righteous. Later, Jeremiah, one of the prophets would even prophesy saying, if in Jerusalem, there's even one person who's righteous, Jerusalem will not be destroyed. Well, my brothers and sisters, the New Testament begins and it begins to answer these questions because In the town of Nazareth, to a virgin named Mary, an angel came and said, You will bear a son who will save his people Israel. The moment the feet of Jesus stepped on the earth, in that moment, finally among us, there was one just person. And when God the Father looked at the earth, he no longer saw evil and misery, but he saw his son, And because of Jesus, we are all saved. To be baptized means to become a child of God through the Son. And we can then pray the prayer of the Son, which is the Our Father. So today when we pray the Our Father, which is full of these beautiful petitions to God the Father, let us remember that we're able to pray that prayer because Jesus has saved us. We are a people who can truly say, Alleluia, we have been redeemed. There is an answer to the misery of the world, and it is to have Christ in your life. That simple prayer that we often might pray, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ within me, Christ all around me. A life with Christ is a beautiful life, and that's why the Christian way of living is so full of goodness and truth and beauty. Let us choose life today. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.